Blog Talk Radio. Folks, and welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man himself, Motormouth Mosley. Got a couple of things on our agenda for the evening. Going to talk a little baseball. Going to talk a little PEDs. Going to talk with suspensions with A Rod and all 13 players. But I also wanted to, unfortunately, got to touch on this Johnny Manziel deal again. I was hoping that this thing would go away or die down once camp started. But it looks like it's, it may have actually gotten worse. Um, we'll see what happens. Not looking forward to how this is going to play out, but it should be interesting. Just want to let you know you can call in with questions on either the topics that we're discussing, or if you want to talk about something else, you can call us in at 347-945-7975. And, of course, you can log on at Blog Talk Radio forward slash Motormouth Mosley and click on tonight's episode and you'll join us in chat. But again, thank you for listening, calling in and listening. Had some disheartening news happen earlier in the week. Like I said, I'd hope this Johnny Manziel thing had disappeared and gone away once Cap had started and they were practicing. But now it seems to come to light that people have somewhat ratted him out maybe, somewhat turned on him. Uh, some some would even say maybe he just exposed him. But it looks like uh, that maybe he was doing something that was totally against NCAA rules for scholarship athletes, and he was selling his autographs in exchange for money. There's a lot of aspects to that situation that I, I would, you know, at one point or another like to address, but uh, it's a little bit different with Johnny Manziel uh, versus some of the other people who have gotten suspended for these type of activities. You get some of these players who do it just basically out of desperation. I remember watching the 30 for 30 episode on Chris Weber and the Fab Five and, uh, Discussions with Mitch Album talking about how much uh, these athletes were bringing in millions of dollars to the Michigan program, but yet were struggling financially just to you know basically have a meal. And you know this this situation with Manzano isn't quite the same because this is a young man who uh, is not his family is not struggling financially. Uh, rumor has it that he was making about 7500 bucks or so on some items that he signed and autographed, and there's a couple of brokers who have basically uh, exposed him. Uh, supposedly they aren't going to work with the NCAA in helping, uh, I wouldn't say convict because nothing criminal has happened, but uh, they aren't going to work with the NCAA in this investigation, supposedly. Um Johnny, 
You try to defend the young man, and I remember having uh, a former Aggie on earlier, and he he spoke about how much uh, pride he had in his school and how much they teach, you know, doing things the right way. But yet here is Johnny who just doesn't seem to get it. He doesn't seem to get the fact that you're there uh, representing the university, and he's almost he's almost coming off as a spoiled little rich kid. That's just that's just the image that it's looking like. Unfortunately, you know, he, his parents seem to be somewhat concerned about uh, maybe a meltdown or a breakdown or a collapse. But I mean, it, it seems like from what I've read uh, that this has been something that has been brewing for a while. Just a little background on the young man. He's from a, uh, a high school in Texas, and over the last few years, when this stuff has started to surface, uh, his parents have come out and. They talked about how uh, everybody has benefited from this Johnny football persona and Johnny Manziel, how everybody has benefited from this except for Johnny and his family. And I know that there were some issues with uh, copywriting the nickname Johnny football. There were uh, family members supposedly uh, trying to make uh, a profit off of his fame. Uh, and now it looks like he's trying to, and it it, it it's starting to look like he's a, a spoiled little kid who has parents who pamper him and have spoiled him. And this goes back basically to when he was in high school because there's a story that I found that his father bought him a car. Uh, he bought him a car, which, you know, more par- parents will do, and there's nothing wrong with that. But supposedly his parents bought him a car uh, because he promised to stay away from alcohol his junior and senior year of high school. And I know that a lot of kids drank in high school, and um, I can't say that I did when I was in high school, but when you are using virtually bribery to teach your kid lessons in life that are are a parent's responsibility. It's sending a bad message. And I think that maybe it's starting to look like that those lessons that Johnny Football should have been taught at a young age are coming back to bite him, bite his family, at least his family's name, and to some degree, biting the university, I mean, Texas A&M University. Uh, I kind of feel somewhat sorry for, you know, alumni in the school uh, because, unfortunately, they, you know, to some degree profited off of his fame and glory, and now they're getting punished for it, his antics. Uh, he has repeatedly gotten himself into situations and has brought a bad name on the university and on his family, and you can't keep hiding behind the I'm a 20-year-old college kid excuse because a habit that is continuously repeated becomes your character. So if you're not learning from the mistakes and trying to do better and – 
uh, are basically living under the idea that I'm going to do what I want, what I want, and to heck with everybody. Um, you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. We may have actually seen Johnny Manziel's last time in a Texas a uniform if the allegations are true and they're able to prove it. Uh, he will get suspended. He will get uh, basically kicked off the team out of college football. Uh, maybe he'll have a supplemental draft and he can go to the NFL early, but I don't think he's quite ready or mature enough for that. Uh, we've seen this happen in the past with, with players like Terrell Pryor from Ohio State University who got into the same type of trouble over signing, uh, selling jerseys and, and memorabilia in exchange for tattoos. Now, if you're exchanging it for tattoos, just imagine what the NCAA is going to come down with as punishment for these type of antics based on his uh, his past indiscretions. So I kind of feel sorry for him. I think he's leading. He's going down a rugged, rough road, uh, and I don't think there's anybody who can actually uh, derail this train wreck. I hope that somehow, some way, uh, he finds a better way to act. But you know, it's it's it is what it is. He. he He's gotten himself in this predicament, and hopefully he'll find a way to get out. Then a couple of days ago, someone brought up the subject of the NCAA and their Gestapo-type policing of college sports. In my opinion, the NCAA is probably the most corrupt athletic organization in all of sports. Um, the The scholarship athlete, uh, who brings in millions and millions and probably billions of dollars into college athletics throughout this country are in a situation where unless your family can, you know, help fill in the gap and if you are solely basing your finances on your scholarship, um, it's a struggle. And I think for some players, like I was mentioning earlier, like, you know, the Fab Five when they were in Michigan, for some players, selling memorabilia or selling autographs or taking money under the table, uh, those are necessary evils that they feel they have to do just uh, to survive. And to some degree, some may feel that they are owed. And, uh, you know, everyone always comes back with this idea, well, they're getting an education. Well, yeah, and so is the band person, the flute player uh, who's on scholarship, or the chemist, uh, chemistry major who's on scholarship. Uh, they're also getting an education. They're also getting their tuition and board paid for. But those people are allowed to work and have jobs and have the time to do things to earn themselves some money. Whereas most college athletes, uh, it is a year-round job, and you don't have the opportunity in many aspects to earn extra money. Uh, so they, you know, they do what they deem is necessary, and they take what is offered to them. And unfortunately, the NCAA frowns upon this, and, and they come down really hard on these athletes. I think that somehow, some way, college presidents and athletic directors need to formulate some type of 
system where college athletes can have a stipend that will better serve them socially. I remember my freshman year at the University of Hawaii, if you were on scholarship, you were mandated to live in the dorms and have a meal plan, which is all understandable. But you were only given a $63 check to survive per month. And if you were a kid who was away from home, a kid whose family couldn't help assist you, it was it was very difficult. So I think that with the money that schools bring in, they can find a way to uh, make college life a little bit more livable outside of the sports arena for a lot of scholarship athletes. And uh, one of my good friends said, well, you know, how are they going to police it? And, you know, some kids are going to get more than others. And, you know, you got the boosters who are going to be throwing money around. Well, it will be, it will take some uh, creative management of your booster organizations and uh, your fan base. Uh, Of course, that's going to be very difficult. I agree. But, I don't think that the college athlete should be the one that has to suffer, and I believe that that is the case right now. So I'll get up off my high horse and off of the NCAA for a couple of minutes, and I do want to remind you that you are listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. We are looking for sponsors. We're in negotiations and talks with a few people that are interested in helping the show out. Uh, We do appreciate what donations we've had come in but we do need more to uh, keep us afloat. We'd like to be uh, very active once football season starts and maybe have some giveaways and contests and things like that, but we can only do that through donations and scholarships. And, and of course, like I said, if you're looking, if you have a a business, you're a realtor, or you uh, create a certain jewelry or uh, you offer a service, we'd love to have you advertise on our show. Uh, if you want a price list, just inbox me at motormouthmosley at AOL.com. You can send me an email, and I'll be, be happy to forward that to you. Uh, you can also send donations to P.O. Box 55, Rita in Georgia. That's the Motormouth Mosley Man Cave. You can hit us up there. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you can hit on About and learn about some of the aspects of our page. You can also hit our PayPal account and you can send money directly from your debit card or your charge card and make a donation. Uh, All donations are gratefully appreciated. And, again, I also want to thank everyone who has been in support. Your prayers and your money has been definitely appreciated. But we are looking for uh, maybe a corporate sponsor to come in and uh, alleviate some of the financial issues and uh, keep this show going uh, down the line. Uh, also, big thing in the news this week has been uh, the Major League Baseball suspension of 13 players uh, who have been accused of using uh, PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, to help their game. And one of the debates, before I get into the names, one of the debates that has been taking place has been is Major League Baseball too forgiving when it comes to punishments for these types of deals? Players like Melky Cabrera, Manny Ramirez 
have been suspended for 50 games and come back. Uh, the question is, is that a big enough punishment to basically scare these guys from continuing using PEDs? Now, with Alex Rodriguez, who is the named guy of these newly suspended players, uh, he not only is getting suspended because of his supposed use, although he's never plunked a, a test, but he's also getting raked over the coals because he is seen as someone who has tried to interfere with the investigation, uh, the investigative process, and has been doing supposedly some tampering uh, with what Major League Baseball is trying to uh, dig up. So instead of just a normal 50-game suspension, they have decided that he's going to be suspended for the remainder of this season and all of the 2014 season. What Alex has done, he's come on television, and I've watched some of these bobbleheads on ESPN, you know, say, well, he's never said he didn't do it, and, and uh, I guess they're wanting him to react the way they want him to, uh, and he's choosing to come clean or make his statement when he's ready, not when they're ready. And so, of course, they basically paint him into, as as being someone who is basically guilty before proven innocent. Um, while this is going on, what Alex has done is decided to appeal it, so that allows him to continuously play until his appeal is heard. Uh, I think that Bug Seelig and his unions uh, are going to take to that rather well. But uh, as though I said earlier that NCAA may be the most corrupt organization in college sports, I think that Major League Baseball may be the most hypocritical, uh, especially under this watch, of all sports. Uh, I believe that, uh, and, and it goes all the way back to Faye Vincent, uh, that um, Major League Baseball used, in my opinion, steroid use to bring back fans after the strike. And now, years later, when it has gotten out of hand, they want to come back and act like they're totally exempt from any responsibility and start slapping guys on the wrist and punishing them for doing the same things that they benefited from by bringing fans back back in 1998. It's ironic to look at, but you go back and look at baseball stats, and just the idea of hitting 50 home runs was a rarity many, many years ago. Uh, although... Babe Ruth and Roger Maris uh, set the standard during their times at 60 and 61 home runs. It was still, even after them, it was rare for players to hit 50 home runs. I believe um, Cecil Fielder, I think he hit, home run, he hit 50 home runs back in 1990. And I think uh, prior to that, I think George Foster of the Cincinnati Reds hit uh, 52 home runs back in uh, I think 76 or 77. So it was rather rare for players to hit, you know, 50 home runs. 
And then all of a sudden, Major League Baseball goes on strike. They finally get that fixed, and players and, and fans like Dr. Mario still haven't forgiven them. And and I believe they're going to lose a, a more fans now uh, for this new incident. Um, but it was just rare for players to hit 50 home runs, and now you you, you went through a season uh, back in 2000, 2001, where 50 home runs were – almost commonplace every year. Uh, back in, actually, as far back in 1996, you had a couple of players hitting over 50, and then you had a couple more guys floating with it. And then in 98, you had McGuire and Sosa, when, I, in my opinion, like I said, the baseball used these guys to bring fans back into the game. You had McGuire hitting 70, you had Sosa hitting 66, and you had a couple other guys hitting 56 and 50. And these are guys who had, you know, prior, you had most of these guys had never hit over, over 30 home runs or over 40 home runs, and all of a sudden now they're banging balls out of parks. And it looks like what, what old Barry Bonds decided, and again, another player who has never been actually uh, tested and proven to be on steroids, but, you know, that uh, cloud is hanging over his head and over his stats. You know, he saw that everybody else was doing it or that, you know, players were benefited from it, benefiting from it, and he decided, well, why not me too? So, uh, of course, he got on the juice, and in 2001, 2002, he knocks out seven three home runs, sets the record, uh, puts it out there, uh, put on an unbelievable performance at the home run derby. But you still have, you know, your baseball purist who believes that they can – you know, basically ignore those stats, and as far as they're concerned, they're concerned that Roger Maris is still the season single home run leader and that some of these other guys' uh, stats are, are tainted. I guess that goes out to opinion, but I just think it's pretty hypocritical of Major League Baseball to turn their back on these guys and basically rake them over the coals for something that I believe that they benefited from years ago. Um We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I think a lot of these players are just going to go in and accept these 50-game punishments. Uh, for players like Nelson Cruz with the Texas Rangers, I think what, what they're hoping for is that the rest of the team can pick it up and get them into the playoffs. And at that point in time, he will be eligible to come back and play. Uh, some fans said it should have been for the entire season and not just for 50 games, which is the regular season. Now, that's subjective to, you know, your opinion or whatever else. But I think this is just another one of the many black eyes that Major League Baseball uh, has, and it goes all the way back to, you know, the Black Sox scandal, uh, uh, many strikes, steroid use. It, it's, it's just a bad time for baseball. And will it recover? I'm sure. There are a lot of purists and loyalists who – won't make a big issue out of it. They'll be loyal to it no matter what. But personally, a little bit solid on the sport, a little bit solid on the whole PED thing. Uh, but I, I hold Major League Baseball uh, responsible just as much as I do some of these players. I did think it was somewhat interesting that most of these players are of Hispanic background, Dominican, Venezuelan, that type 
and, and I'm wondering what the correlation is with biogenesis and those guys and what uh, the mindset was. It's just, it, it just seemed kind of odd how those 12 or 13 guys were, were picked out or were uh, signaled out as, as the users. So um, we'll see what happens in the long run. Another thing that happened over the weekend, we had an appearance by the old Tiger. He decided to show up again at a golf tournament and throw down the gauntlet a week before a major. He's done this before where he's won the week prior to a major and then uh, failed to win the major. Uh, he shot a 61 last Friday, which for you golfers is, we all know that that's just an, uh, an outrageous score. Uh, he blew away the field. You know, some of the best in the country, best in the world, he blew away the field by over, uh, I think it was seven strokes, which is a huge margin in golf. So it'll be interesting this weekend to see if old Tiger makes an appearance at Oak Hill at the PGA Championship and is able to uh, secure another major, another step closer to Jack's record, um, and another step closer, actually, to Sam Snead's uh, overall win record of 82. He now sits at 79. So we'll see what happens this weekend uh, with the major. A new golf talk for you people who are in the golf. Um, like I said earlier uh, on an earlier episode, if I've got somebody that is a soccer enthusiast, I am willing to allow them to come on and give me their two cents worth on soccer and try to convince me how great of a sport it is worldly. Uh, I've got about four minutes left, and since I'm going to be do the, doing the talking and nobody else is calling in, I'm going to go a little bit over the Monday, the Sunday night football game last week. We've got football that's in full stride. There are two more games being played this Friday that will be on the NFL Network. Um, looking forward to both of those games. Um, as of last Sunday, uh, Cowboys held on for a victory over the Miami Dolphins. I think the score was 24-20, but anybody who actually watched the game and knows anything about the sport knows that it was a little bit more lopsided. Dallas did a little bit better job of dominating that game than what the score uh, showed. But, again, those were 90% of those guys who played were backups, guys trying to fight for roster spots. You didn't see players uh, that, like Mike Wallace for the Miami Dolphins, you didn't see some of their stars come out and play. Uh, Dallas didn't play Tony Romo, uh, Des Bryant. So it was, you saw basically a game of backups and guys trying to find, make a career of that game, of this game. But at least it was football, which I was absolutely thrilled about. Um, there will be some interesting stories. Of course, there's a few teams that have some interesting stories going on in their camps. you got the New York Jets and the quarterback issues with Geno Smith and uh, Mark Sanchez. We're going to see how that's going to play out. Um, we're going to see what's going to happen with um, that battle in the NFC West with the Niners and the Seahawks. I think that's going to be one of the great ones. Uh, throughout this, one of the great rivalries for the next few years just because of the talent and the way those two teams play. Um, we're going to be interested to see what's going to happen with the New England Patriots and all the drama, off-the-field drama that they've had 
this offseason and how well Coach Belichick and Tom Brady will get them to play. I think they still will be formidable. Uh, one of another great stories that I'm looking forward to seeing is going to be in the NFC South, uh, see how well the Atlanta Falcons uh, will perform this year, uh, and not only if they will be able to perform in the regular season, but will they be able to actually make a splash in the postseason? Um, just like Dallas, Matty Ryan has signed a big-time contract, making him one of the highest-paid players in the NFL, so we'll see if if uh, it's warranted. Um, one, and, and we'll also see how well Sean Payton makes his return with the New England, the New Orleans Saints after a year of suspension and not being able to have any effect or any contact with uh, his team or his players. He's coming back, and, and I think it's going to make a major uh, difference on how that team plays. They've also hired Rob, uh, R- Rob Ryan, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, as their uh, defensive coordinator. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how well uh, those two games are are played when the Saints play the Falcons. Uh, I think that's going to be another great rivalry this year. Um, So there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to see um, some of the young quarterbacks, how they'll do in their sophomore performance how well some of these rookies will come in and play. Uh, The best thing about the whole thing is that we've got football, and no matter what else is going on, um, football is still the big dog. It is still the big big kahuna, and it is still the sports that most of us love to watch and love to get uh, emotional about. So hopefully once the season starts, we'll have more people who want to call in. Again, You've been listening to the Mortimer Mosley Radio Show. I want to thank you for listening in. You can always come back and listen to the archived episodes. If you are listening to one, I hope you're enjoying it. Have a great week, and thank you for calling in and listening.